Thank you for listening to this episode of Lunch Pail Guys. Episodes are released weekly, and you can always check the description for timestamps of topics that you might want to follow. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please leave a five-star review on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore, and subscribe to be notified of new episodes in the future. Per usual, we're going to start with some news we missed. Uh, starting with some big NBA news this week that we're going to talk a little bit uh, more about later. The Lakers missed the playoffs. They came in, I think, as the second or third championship favorite in the NBA, uh, I believe. And they missed the playoffs with an atrocious record. They're like 10 plus games under 500. Um, and in a completely unsurprising move, Frank Vogel was fired today. Uh, the day after the season ended. Wyatt, I've been told you have some thoughts about all of this. This is the greatest sports I told you so in the history of a I told you so. <laughs> we we all told you Westbrook was not going to fit mm-hmm. with the team. Uh, go ahead and look through our Instagram. There are quotes from probably every single one of us that say that this was a weird move. <laughs> I know in hindsight, everybody likes it. You know, we should have... Maybe went with Demar and Caruso. Yeah, no duh. You should have went with Demar and Caruso. Of course, it would have been a better fit. <laughs> we told you Anthony Davis was not that guy. He's Luca. I think Lucas and I is our favorite guy to pick on for sure. But he played forty <laughs> games this year. An injury that would keep somebody else out for three to five days keeps him out for two to three weeks. Right? We we call him Anthony Day to Davis. And in those forty games he played, he had an unimpressive like twenty three point two points per game. For a guy that was supposed to be the guy, the superstar, you know, the next face of the Lakers franchise, atrocious. And he was, he is, I've never seen a seven footer play so small. He is like the most <laughs> dominant offensive presence in the league. And he takes himself completely out of the games by sitting by the perimeter. So he can shoot a whopping 18% from three. Ooh. He's literally, <laughs> he's literally the worst three point shooter in the entire league. <laughs> And they're just gonna do it all over again. They they <laughs> fired Frank Vogel. The list of coaches that they that they put out there was Doc Rivers. Please Quinn take Snyder, Doc Rivers. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn Snyder, Nick Nurse. By the way, all guys who still have a job, have jobs, all guys yeah. who are in the playoffs. <laughs> that is not an attractive job right now, and, like at all. I right, and, and, yeah. and, and is Doc Rivers and Quinn Snyder like Quinn Snyder's a good coach? But I mean, mm-hmm. is it is that so exciting? If they got Doc Rivers, am I like? jumping for joy like their their best bets are tyloo and nick nurse and neither of those guys are leaving their job to go to the lakers if they move on from westbrook they're not going to get a great deal of return and they may not be, have anybody that's looking to take them on i know from a contract perspective that's intriguing but like i don't know what are the pacers or the hornets actually going to give you in return that make you a championship team they're going to have the same arrogant championship aspirations going into next year mm-hmm. And it's just like they have nine free agents. They're just they're gonna do it all over again. And Rob Polinka is probably still gonna keep his job too. <laughs> yep, it's really been very fun yeah. to watch. <laughs> no, I agree. Why this is just like everybody in the world saw this coming, yep. and like it still was like just like watching like a car crash in slow motion because like everybody knew what was gonna happen, and then it happened, and like the Lakers felt like the only like LeBron. And Russ and AD felt like the only people in the world who like couldn't see that this was gonna happen because what was there? There was a LeBron tweet at like 
I forget when it was, but he's like, like, don't sleep on us. Like, I see you hating. It, yeah, it was like, like keep the same you... energy when we are like making a run in, in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What year playoffs are they talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did we see AD's quote the other day? No. He he said, "When I'm healthy, I'm a I'm a mother effer, but I gotta stay healthy." It's like, well, <laughs> that's the the biggest yeah. if of all time. It's kind of a given, isn't it? And then yeah. he was also like, "Yeah, me and Kendrick Nunn both weren't healthy. We never we never saw what we could have been. Like, yeah, Kendrick Nunn was gonna take you over the the edge there. The league is quaking, <laughs> yeah, in fear at the, at the thought of Kendrick Nunn and uh-huh. AD together." <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah there'll be plenty more to be said about the lakers and i'm sure we'll we'll say it all but moving on to some less um enjoyable news Dwayne haskins uh steelers qb died on saturday morning uh, really tragic news and it was really poorly handled by sports media mm-hmm. uh, in particular adam schefter's response stands out uh, when he was tweeting about how you know he hadn't had failed to catch on or something in the nfl and, and stuff like that it was one of those moments where they're not treated, athletes are not treated as people kind of thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, really sad stuff. Um, moving on to our typical golf news. That's part of our news we missed. We've got Scotty Scheffler won the Masters. Uh, this podcast has always loved Scotty. We've <laughs> been his, his biggest fan since That's since something else one. that if like you look back through yeah. our Instagram, you'll definitely see a lot of the Scotty Schiffler stuff. <laughs> exactly. yeah. We're hyping him up for You, you gotta for scroll forever. pretty far. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're there, trust us. And like every post along the way, you start to see Scotty exactly. Schiffler quotes too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something that I guess he hadn't won in a PGA Tour event until like two months ago, but he'd won like four of the last six. So it seems like Scotty's pretty about hot. How you start. It's about, I know. It's about how you finish. Um, exactly. Uh, so so we'll see. And Wyatt was just talking, was telling us about how um, the Masters winner gets to pick the dinner at the next Masters. I guess the night before the next Masters. Yeah, there's a banquet. Um, so. The for the at next year's Masters is a banquet, and they the previous winner, so Scotty now will get to pick the menu, an appetizer, a dessert, and a main course for next year's banquet. So a lot of pressure on him because, I mean, I don't know. The bar is set. Hideki Matsui had a, had a fantastic one. The bar is set pretty low because Bubba Watson has twice now chosen chicken breasts, Caesar salad, mashed potatoes, and confetti cake. <clears throat> and I think after that being deemed the worst ever, Scotty couldn't <laughs> possibly pick something worse unless he goes with, you know, exactly. McChickens and a side of fries or something like that. It's, yeah, it's gonna be like Clemson's like White yeah. House dinner. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> Anyways, we'll close it out with some baseball news, and just, I don't have a lot of baseball news except just that opening day happened. So, hooray! Um, Mets are currently blowing a lead to the Phillies. No, they did this yesterday. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Anyway, They're still winning, yeah. but it's it's four to three now. Oh, God. Yeah, it was four nothing when I started recording. But anyway, <laughs> um, I didn't even know baseball started. I was at work and someone was like, "Can you change the channel to baseball?" And I was like, "I don't even don't even know baseball was on." Like, <laughs> didn't even know baseball. <laughs> no, they showed that on TV. Yeah. Thought that was a radio <laughs> thing. <laughs> Got a crank. The, the, yeah, just exactly. become aware of like the existence of like a concept of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't do the news we missed, I wouldn't have known that the lockout finished. <laughs> <laughs> perpetual lockout in Wyatt's mind yeah dang they're still fighting 
<laughs> but that's all we got for news we missed. Uh, our first topic today, we're about to enter the NBA playoffs. I think the play-in games start on Thursday, I think? Tomorrow, oh, so. actually. Oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, so Tuesday. That is very wrong. Um, <laughs> get hyped. So, yeah, we've got our, our second playing tournament third playing tournament i'm full of bad information tonight so it's who knows um but anyway we're gonna we're gonna rank all 20 playoff teams including the uh teams who are in the playing tournament bart we're gonna start with you with the number one pick in the pre-playoff power rankings who you got it's par for the course here we've been picking the suns at first every time and i'm not changing that they are clearly the best team right now they're gonna have the best win percentage of any team since the rockets like five years ago so they've just really had a terrific run this year, and that's even with Chris Paul missing however many games. Yeah. Um, they're 6-2 and two in their last 15 against teams over 500, which is nuts. Most teams aren't even winning 75% of their games <laughs> total. <Yeah. laughs> so the Suns are just really dominant. They've got so many guys contributing. Um, Michael Bridges has been touted as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, which is impressive. Obviously, Booker, Booker and Paul are going to make all pro teams. Just an excellent, excellent team. I think they're the obvious first pick here. Wyatt, number two. Uh, it feels obvious to me, but it may not be so obvious. I'm going to go with Milwaukee because out of all the teams in the East, I think Milwaukee is the only team uh, with enough star power to compete for a championship. The Heat and the Bulls are talented and balanced, but they lack uh, takeover game stars. And I think the Celtics have a really great case for number two, but the presence of Giannis on the Bucks gives them the nod. They had a, a little stint of injuries uh, where they struggled a little bit, but I think that they've been about as hot as ever. And with Drew Holiday and Giannis as two defensive juggernauts, I don't see why they couldn't be the sec- the best team in the East and the second best team in the NBA. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> At number three, I'm actually going to take the Heat. What? what? They've been on a nice wow. little streak. They've been on a nice little streak. They did lose to the Magic uh, yesterday on Sunday, but that was without their resting all their starters. Before that, they'd had a, a pretty bad losing streak, but they ended with six straight wins. Um, not again, counting that that magic loss. They beat the Raptors, the Bulls, the Celtics, all teams they could run into in the playoffs. Victor Oladipo is back and looks pretty good. Um, so at full health, I think the Heat are the scariest team uh, in the East, given that Robert Williams is out at the moment. So I think the fact that they've ended the season with some momentum uh, will make them interesting. And at four, Lucas. I don't. I don't know. Um, you, you didn't think you'd have these choices. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't yeah. think you'd have these choices. Uh, I feel like I should pick the Grizzlies, but mm-hmm. I kind of want to pick the Celtics, and I think I'm gonna go with my gut and mm-hmm. pick the Celtics. But it feels like a like one of those classic like this team should have been picked, but they keep falling and falling because nobody'll pick them with the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll take. The Celtics at four. Uh, they've been, I think, the best team in basketball um, since uh, the All-Star break, at least. They've been 24-6 and six since February 1st. Jason Tatum, we talked about last week, probably should be in uh, an MVP contender. And I think, like, doing well in the playoffs is so much a product of just, like, like the cliche of, like, you get hot at the right time. But no team in the second half of the season has been hotter than the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, and has arguably played better than the Celtics. So for that reason, I think they might be my favorites to come out of the East. So I'll take the Celtics at four. Bart at five. Uh, yeah, Luke, <laughs> Lucas mentioned them. It's got to be the Grizzlies. Yeah. Shocked they fall in the five. They're my number three. 11 and four in their past 15, which is rock solid. We know the stat. They're 20 and five without Jaw. They're just like a crazy deep team. 
They are, since the break, second in defensive rating and ninth in offensive rating. There's just three teams that are top 10 in both. So they're, they're just very well-rounded. And get this, this is a crazy stat that I saw. They're the first team ever to lead the league in rebounds, steals, and blocks. So oh. they're, they're just like, uh, yeah, they're wild. I'll talk about Jaron Jackson some more later, but he's, he's my favorite for Defensive Player of the Year as well. Obviously, Jaws having a crazy year personally. So, yeah, this is a, just a really deep, well-rounded team. I love the Grizzlies here at five. Again, I'm shocked that they fell this far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wyatt, six. Although it might be shocking that the Grizzlies fall, the one thing I could say to people who are like, that's the right pick. They are a young team, and they've had very minimal playoff experience, and they're going to go into yeah. a race against teams like the Warriors and the Suns, who are very uh, veteran-led and championship-ready, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pick the the Warriors here at number six. I think it's good news that Clay Thompson kind of, I mean, he had a slow year, but he scored, I want to say, 41 points to end the regular season or his regular season. Jordan Poole has had a fantastic year so far. I think Jonathan Kuminga is, is coming to his own as well. And I know that they may be missing Joshua Wiseman uh, going into this this postseason, but at the very least, they have one of the most well-rounded teams and at the very top of Draymond, Clay, and Steph, especially if Clay is going to start getting hot. They're about as good as anybody. Yeah, I agree with that Warriors pick. I've been a lot higher on them of late. Okay, at seven, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay in the West. I'm going with the Mavs. I think they're still a very dangerous team. They closed the season winning seven of eight, including a win over the Bucks. They're streaky. They obviously live and die by their shooting. Uh, they shoot the most jump shots in the league. I could see them kind of going on a streak, though, and, you know, making a run to the conference finals or the finals, potentially, um, if they're, they're really on. So I think they're a team that people don't want to play. Lucas? At eight. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors. I think, mm-hmm. like, sort of with the Celtics, I think it's all about getting hot at the right time. And the Raptors, too, have sort of really hit their stride in the second season. I think earlier in the year we talked about, like, whether they were in buy or sell land um, at some point. And they've just, like, since that point really turned it on. They've been great in the second half of the season. They have the best record in the East over the last 10 games. They're 8-2. and two. Scotty Barnes, who I'll talk about later, too, is my pick for Rookie of the Year. Pascal Siakam's really bounced back this year. And they're beating good teams. They beat the Sixers the other night without Fred Van Vliet. So I think if they're playing at that high level without some of their better players, I I don't know. I see good things for the Raptors. And I honestly think the way they play, and having seen them play the Sixers, and again, a lot of my basketball knowledge proxy through the, watching teams play the Sixers, but they match up really well <laughs> with good teams, um, especially the Sixers. And I think I would not be shocked if they beat the Sixers in the first round, especially because uh Thibel can't play because he didn't get the COVID vaccine. Um and I don't know, they're just really well coached. Nick Nurse is a great coach. We've talked about it before. Um they're not gonna like beat you over the head with star power, but they're just they play hard, they're well coached, and a lot of them have championship experience and I don't think you can shortchange that either. It's only been what, three years since they won that championship and a lot of the guys are still there like Siakam and Van yep. Fleet. So I'll yep. pick the Raptors at eight. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Yeah, Bart at nine. I definitely I like the Raptors pick as well. I probably would have taken them there. Instead, I'll take the team that they will be playing, the Sixers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there are arguments for the Sixers actually being better than the Raptors, but they also have lost to them a few times, right? So I think this makes sense. Um, the Sixers are interesting. 
like their their net rating and their ratings seem like to make them better than they actually have been playing recently. They're fifth in net rating since the break, and they're another one of two three teams that are just top ten in both offensive and defensive, right? But like I know I know Lucas has talked about how Harden has been sketchy since the break. <laughs> He's shooting forty percent, which is nuts. Like that's just so bad. But he also in that span is second in assists and 12th in plus minus among players. So like he's still getting it done. I think for me, I think the Sixers are still a very compelling playoff team purely because Embiid is a monster. And he, he, he broke the record for most 40 and 10 games since the merger this season. So he can single-handedly carry them to wins a lot of the time. Tobias Harris has been playing pretty well recently. I know Thibault is going to be missing some time, but he's still, when, when they play in Philadelphia, he's relevant <laughs> and he's still amazing. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I think the 76ers are still a compelling uh, Eastern contender, to be honest. I, I'll take them at nine. Yeah. And yeah. Joel Embiid, now the, uh, the leading scorer per 100 possessions in NBA history as well, over Michael hey, Jordan. It's nuts, and, actually. And, Who? Yeah. Yeah. And Zion at three. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Michael Pretty Jordan leading yeah. him out. That's yeah. impressive. <laughs> Okay, Wyatt at number 10. Round, us, round out that top 10. Hmm. Decisions, decisions. Mm. I'm trying to, let me look back and see. I think I'm going to have a little bit of fun here, and I'm just going to say the Nets. Mm. Yeah. Uh, expectations are pretty high for the team. The Nets are a huge question mark for me as far as who is actually going to show up and what they're going to look like. But let's say Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are able to play and will play all seven games of a seven-game series. I would bet on them at least to come out through the play-in and probably to at least make a run in the playoffs. Just a little bit. I don't expect them to get further than the second round, to be honest, but if they have to play Chicago or Miami in that first seed, I can see the Nets actually you know, winning, uh, winning it over them. Yeah, I had the Nets there as well. We've officially entered into the realm of teams that I'm not that excited about, um, but <laughs> I've got the 11th pick. I'm going with the Wolves, actually. I think they're intriguing. Uh, they've had some really good wins in the last month. The Heat, Dallas, the Nuggets. They've been a bit inconsistent of late, but overall the second half was super impressive. I think they've gone 25 and 12 since mid-January. Got a lot of youthful energy, and they're surprisingly deep. Uh, they got a lot of bench points. Uh, so I think they could escape the play-in tournament. Uh, and even though they I seem, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope so. Um, yeah, true. I forget that. Yeah, two teams make it. So they should escape the play-in tournament. Um, they're probably still a, a year away, um, but they could be next year's Grizzlies. I don't know. Love it. Hey, Lucas, 12. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nuggets at 12. Um, I don't think you can discredit that they almost certainly have the MVP on their team. I know it hasn't been announced yet, but I think, but for all intents and purposes, it seems like Jokic is going to be the MVP. That helps a lot. Um, they have some good wins recently, too. Like, they haven't lit the world on fire, but... Beat the Grizzlies a couple games back, albeit the Grizzlies weren't playing for a lot, but they beat the Hornets. They played close against the Wolves and Suns, so, you know, they're doing all right. Um, and their first-round matchup against the Warriors, I think, is, like, relatively favorable. I think the Warriors were, like, 14 on my big board. I'm, like, not super big on the Warriors this year, and I think they're riding a lot on clout alone, and I might eat my words on that in, like, three <laughs> weeks, and you can come back and drag me for it but through the second half of the season they've been like really inconsistent Steph shooting has been pretty bad the second half of the season as well and I just think that like I'm not super convinced that like a still kind of rehabbing Clay Thompson a hot and cold Steph 
are like that huge of favorites like go forward. And I think the Nuggets with Jokic, who's been healthy all year, who's really excellent, you know, can make a run. They'll pick the Nuggets at 12. Yeah. I look forward to if the Warriors do well, dredging this up as soon as possible. Um, <laughs> if they don't, do. never speaking about it again. So anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Bart, back to the yeah. top of the order at 13. Uh- I, I will also say I agree, Lucas, that the Warriors still have me a little bit uneasy, but I think, I don't know what the stat is, but I don't think Curry, Green, and Thompson have played more than, like, 10 minutes together or something like that. I think I, I looked it up at one yeah. point. So, like, they are potentially compelling if they're healthy. Anyway, at 13, I don't know how to feel about this pick, but I'm going to take the Hornets, actually, mm. who are a 10 seed. <laughs> so, like, I know the Jazz are still on the board, but I don't care. The Hornets are the 10 seed, but they're only one game back from the Nets, who are the 7 seed. So, like, the East is just very tight over there, so I don't think it means that much. They are 11-4 and four in their past 15. They have a, a winning record, actually, against 500 teams in their past 15 games, which only a handful of teams can say. They're 5-3, and three, which I think is the fourth best in the league by my count. So, they're, like, actually kind of, you know, talented enough to actually compete with the cream of the crop. Um, offensively, they're still like one of the best teams in the league. They're one of three teams just shooting over 50% since the break. They're finishing with the fourth most points per game this season. Defensively, I don't want to talk about it. That's going to be the reason they lose games in the playoffs, but still their offense is so much fun to watch. Lamelo is playing at a fantastic level. Terry Rozier, PJ Washington also playing really well recently. So I think the Hornets could be, uh, they could beat the Nets actually in this play-in game. I wouldn't be shocked. Mm -hmm. Wyatt, 14. Yeah, the Hornets are certainly fun. If you didn't pick them, I definitely was going to pick them. And you, I feel like I'm, you're trying to force my hand here and picking the Jazz. I refuse. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm totally fine with that. I, look, I know the Jazz are like a pretty good regular season team, but the Jazz also have falling a lot, and the, the rift between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell is growing more and more every day. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who I'm picking, I... I love, I mean, they're just a young team who's up and coming. Darius Garland might have a case for most improved player of the year this year. Um, and I want to, he did get an all-star nod, right? And Evan Mobley uh, has a case for being the rookie of the year if he didn't miss a couple games, and he probably would have. But they're a fantastic young team, and I think that they blend together really well as far as being a well-coached team. Like I said, they're young, so I don't really expect much for them, but I can see them making a series tough, that's for sure. Okay, I'm up next at 15. I'll I'll take the Jazz. I'll I'll take one for the team and do that. <laughs> They've looked okay of late. They barely lost the Suns on Friday. They beat the Grizz no T a few days back, but again, that's a jawless Grizz. Um, they play tough, but if they haven't had playoff success in previous years, I don't really know why this would be the year. Um, I just don't <laughs> see a team better than them at this point to pick above them. So I think they'll exit fairly early. And there are whispers that the team will be blown up to some degree if they fail again. Why you mentioned the the rift. Um, I, I saw a stat, I think, last week that Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell averages two passes per game to Rudy Gobert. So that, like, the main ball handler on the Jazz averages two passes to their main big man, <laughs> which is just kind of hilarious. Uh, so I think Rudy is going to be shopped, or I, I hope for Rudy's sake that he gets shopped as much as we, we like to diss Rudy. Um, so anyway, I have them here because they still could do something. They have a little bit of depth, but yeah, can't get too hyped about it. Okay, Lucas, 16. I'm going to go with the Clippers yeah. here. I think I don't think the Clippers will probably beat the Wolves in the first round, knock on wood, but I think they have a good shot to win whatever the second game is. 
um, to get in as the eighth seed. Um, I think, I mean, part of it has just been Ty Lue's coaching this season. I feel like, in retrospect, like, I feel like, I think on this podcast and otherwise in the world, people might have doubted him. But the fact that Kawhi didn't play all year, Paul George played 31 games, um, and they still finished over 500, made the playoffs, really impressive. So I, you know, I expect him to get them up for the game. Um, probably won't be the Wolves, like I said, but I think they'll win the next one. They've made some really good deadline additions with Norm Powell, Robert Covington, and plus, in addition to that, they won their last five games of the season with some pretty impressive wins in there over the Suns, over the Bucks, over the Pelicans, who were their competitors um, to make one of the last playing spots. Um, and they put up 153 on the Bucks, So, yeah, that's some good momentum heading in uh, mm-hmm. to the playoffs. So, I'll pick the Clippers at 16. Okay, entering our final four. Uh, Bart, 17. I'll, I'll take the Hawks here. I like, I like mm-hmm. the Hawks. I, uh, yeah, they're, they're an interesting, another interesting team. They're, they're, um, net rating belies their record since the break because they're fifth in offensive and ninth in net rating, but they're only 15 and nine since then. So like, they're fine, but like, they're still compelling. They've, they've had some solid wins recently. They beat the, I think I mentioned this the other episode, they beat the Nets in a really important game a week or so ago. They beat the Cavs recently. They beat the Warriors. They just lost to the Heat, but only by four points, who, uh, you know, Aiden just picked that, was it three? So they clearly are, they're there. They have potential to at least give some teams some problems. Trey Young becomes the second player ever to lead the league in total points and assists, which is nuts. Not points per game, uh, I guess because, yeah, other players miss games. But yeah, so he's, he's elite. Capella, Bogdanovich, DeLon Wright all playing well as well. So, like, I don't know. The, 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 the Hawks are kind of a sneaky playing team this year as well. Yeah, if they, I still have nightmares about what they did to the Knicks last year. So the Hawks, can, <laughs> yeah, they can maybe do something. Okay, Wyatt, 18. I'm once again falling to the uh, hands of Bart, one pick away from picking the team that I was going to take. <laughs> Sorry. If he didn't pick the Hawks, I would have taken him as well. Um, because I think they're going to win their series, or at least have a better chance of winning their series, I'm going to pick the Pelicans, who mm-hmm. play the mm-hmm. Spurs in the play-in. Um, are they very exciting? No, they went two and two in their last four. Basically, they won against two bottom feeders and they lost against two of the top teams in the league. So, I don't know. I mean, thirty six and forty six throughout the entire year is kind of bleak. And I know that they traded for CJ McCollum, but the most exciting person on that team is Zion, and he still hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might play. Apparently, it's up in the air. But until I see him on the court, they're going to be ranked here, eighteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, at nineteen. I think I'm ethically against picking a team that went 34 and 47 um, <laughs> above the Bulls. So I guess I'll pick the Bulls. The Bulls are dead on arrival. They're <laughs> they're one in 14 against the top four teams in their conference. It's one of the worst winning percentages of that kind of any team ever making the playoffs. Um, and overall, they've just been absolute trash of late. Their home crowd has been booing them. They're six and 13 since March 1st. Uh, I'm really selling them here. Um, but yikes. This Bulls Buck series could be pretty ugly. With that said, I'm not picking the Spurs. Okay, Lucas, it, number twenty. Yeah, who's it going to be? And, Lucas? and I am. I have to. I'm stuck with the Spurs. I mean, even to alluded alluded to it, they they won 41 percent of their games this year. It's pretty bad. I mean, Murray's a nice piece. Hop's a good coach, but I think it's like indicative of this playing tournament that Adam Silver has said is not going away, and how ridiculous it is that a team that won 41% of their games has made the playoffs. It's ridiculous. So, whatever. They're going to lose. 
about it than them. Like, I can they know. can they claim that they are they're actually going to make the playoffs? Can this is this part of like Greg Popovich? Yeah, tenure where he's yeah. like, I've made the playoffs so many years in a row or this many times. Does this count towards? Yeah, that? that's a good. I question. don't think so because it's like play in, right? So they're not in yet. It's mm. at least my interpretation. But I don't know. Sure, could be worded such that your ESPN will find a way to word it such that it seems like Greg Popovich mm, has is, been eligible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> has been still playing basketball after the regular season has finished. <laughs> Sneaky, yeah. Just but to say, anyway, well, yeah. sorry, I, I just was one funny thing I read that was like, the, the Spurs basically, like the Lakers, everybody expected to get in. And then the only reason the Spurs like stumbled in was because the Lakers stumbled even harder. So it's like they didn't even expect to make it. They weren't mm-hmm. even trying to make it. Exactly. <laughs> They've just happened to get in. It's it's funny. It's like the Steelers. Like I guess true. I guess we're yeah, here. just like <laughs> Well, that wraps up our power rankings. We're now gonna move into some more uh, NBA talk with our awards picks. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the regular season is officially over. We're now going to go through all the the main awards picks. We went through MVP last week. Now we'll do the even more exciting ones like most improved player and uh, coach of the year. But we're going to start out with rookie of the year. Uh, Lucas, who are you picking? So I think it's probably between two guys, right? Evan Mobley from the Cleveland Cavaliers and Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors. And I think it's really, really close. Um, But I think I'm going to have to go with Scotty Barnes as my pick for rookie of the year. Um, Look at his stats. He won't average 15.4 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 1.1 steals, and 0.8 blocks. Only three other rookies since 2010, Luka, Ben Simmons, and Blake Griffin, averaged at least 15.7 rebounds and three assists over their whole season. All of them won Rookie of the Year. Um, so I think he's in pretty good company there. Um, he's played excellently in the Raptors' like playoff run, and has pushed them into a really good position, whereas I think the Cavs have sort of collapsed a little bit recently, and fairly or not, I think that'll play into the narrative of everything. Mobley also missed some games in there, too, with the sprained ankle. So I think, looking at that as a whole, I'm going to go Scotty Barnes, Rookie of the Year. Bart? I, I think I agree that he he will win it, but I guess I can make the argument for Evan Mobley. I, I was prepared to take either side. Um <laughs> I mean, Mobley's numbers are also solid. Like he's he's basically also averaging 15 points. He's averaging 14.9. I was gonna say that he would fit that threshold otherwise, but he wouldn't because he's only averaging two and a half assists. <laughs> Nonetheless, <laughs> he's close. I mean, it's it's solid. He's he's shooting better than Scotty Barnes. Um, he, even though he handles the ball a lot, he he averages fewer turnovers than guys like Cade and Jalen Green, which I think is interesting. He leads rookies in double doubles this year. He is clearly the best defender of all the relevant Rookie of the Year candidates, too. He's got the most blocks amongst all rookies. Uh, he's got the most stocks amongst all rookies. And he's got the best defensive field goal percentage allowed of the relevant candidates, at least. And I think that if there was one selling point that you could really use to push him over Barnes, it's that the, the Raptors clearly rely on Barnes less. The Raptors actually have a winning record without him. The Cavs are 4-9 without Mobley. Mm-hmm. So I think Mobley has just been more valuable to the Cavs, but I, yeah, I mean, ultimately Barnes has been a little more efficient and just like slightly better numbers. So we'll see how voters feel about what, what to weigh more there, but I think they're both very valid candidates. Yeah. Yeah. Cade's obviously not going to win, but in terms of, uh, for the future, what a second half from mm-hmm. Cade. So we'll yeah. see. I still think yeah. he's the, I think he might be the best to come out of the class anyway, but yeah. Barnes is pretty good. Yeah. Scotty Barnes is pretty good. 
But by the way, yeah. before we move on, hey, we're not doing executive of the year, but I think that Masai Ujiri in Toronto might be one of the mm-hmm. smartest executives in the entire NBA as far as hiring Nick Nurse, who is one of the best coaches in the league, but also his philosophy as far as team building goes. He just picks five guys who can switch one through five, put the ultimate amount of small mm-hmm. ball, and that's how Scotty Barnes found his way in Toronto. And I think that's an incredible approach to the game. I think he's he's basically trying to rebuild the quiet team, but it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay, we're going right back to Bart. I know we're sick of him, but defensive player of the year. Who you got? <laughs> I mentioned Jaron Jackson earlier, so let me let me explain why he's my pick here. <laughs> Um, I so I really I'm really I, I considered Robert Williams very much here. His issue is that he only played 61 games, which I think is what takes him out of the running. Jaron Jackson played 78. He's first in the league in blocks. He's fourth in the league in stocks per game. He's second in the league in defensive field goal percentage amongst all starters. So he's just a beast. If you look at his on-off numbers, he's got the second best difference in opponent field goal percentage, other than Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert also, I just want to say. He's super slept on here. Voter fatigue is the only reason he's not getting more traction here because he has just as good an argument as anyone. Um, and then if you look at the Grizzlies, they have the fourth best defensive rating this season like as a whole, and he's clearly the centerpiece of their defense, so I think that should play a role. And without him on the floor, it's 2.7 points worse, which is pretty significant. So they do rely on him a lot. And I guess, yeah, it's just that's a little bit better of a way of, of trying to find numbers for, for the little things that you can't really capture on defense is just look at how they do without him on the floor. So. He's he's been the centerpiece of an elite defense, so I like Jaron Jackson here. Okay, I'm gonna go with someone else mentioned earlier, Mikel Bridges. Uh, I'm sick of bigs winning it. I just am. So <laughs> I think the guards and small forwards don't get enough credit. Uh, mm-hmm. Mikel always guards the best player. He ranks 13th out of 260 players with at least a thousand minutes and average defensive matchup difficulty. He does it night in, night out. Leads the NBA in total minutes. For a defense that has been elite, he's a big part of why the, the Suns are, I think, second in defense per under possessions, first in net rating. I think Mikel is a, a shutdown defender, and he deserves some credit here. So I, I really can't be mad at, uh, yeah, Jaron Jackson or Robert Williams. I think there are a lot of good candidates this year. I, I saw people saying Marcus Smart because he's like the quote-unquote best defender yeah. on, the, on the best defensive team. Get out of here with that. Yeah. I don't want to see him... <laughs> Tatum also has been great on defense, yeah, but shouldn't yeah, even exactly. be in the conversation. All, yeah. it's, it's weird. I, I hate the argument of just take the best player on the best defensive team, like without any other context. But that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You're saying about about. Um, I feel like that would be Robert Williams anyway. So anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but not for not for that simplistic reasoning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I feel like Marcus has like the I don't know. He has the swagger that gets mm-hmm. people to notice him on defense. And that's why he's included in it. He is definitely a good defender. Not dissing him, but anyways, moving on to sixth man of the year, Wyatt. Who's your pick? This is the basically a starter award. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Tyler Hero. Uh, <clears throat> shout out to Kevin Love and Jordan Poole. I thought that they both have mm-hmm. legitimate cases. Jordan Poole, I think, started too many games to actually qualify <laughs> because some guys missed some time on the Warriors. But he's had a fantastic year. <clears throat> um, Lou Will, when he won it in 2017, played 32 minutes, averaged 22 points. Uh, James Harden, when he won it in 2011-2012, played 31 minutes. And Tyler Hero played 32.6 minutes per game. So, like I said, it's basically a starter. He had 20.7 uh, points per game, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, you know, with a team as balanced as Miami is, 
they rely on bench players and him especially to be one of the scoring punches similar to the way that the Oklahoma City Thunder team needed James Harden to be their third best guy. I mean, when you look at like the big three in Miami, you can switch out Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, um, Kyle Lowry, but Tyler Hero somehow finds his way into the mix there as well. And with Miami finishing with 53 wins and first in their conference, I don't see why you can't, why you wouldn't give Tyler Hero the nod. The reason why I mentioned James Harden is because uh, during his run, he was the number three guy. That year, the Thunder won um, 47 and 19 on a 66 game uh, season, but they're on pace to win 58 wins. Tyler Hero's season is very similar to Lou Will's season, but also more so the James Harden season again, with the team being very balanced and like heavily relying on Tyler Hero to actually score buckets for them. He's he's basically their best score, if not maybe the rotating closer. Yeah, Lucas, who you got? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta agree. I like a lot of me really wanted to pick Kevin Love because I just think it's like such a fun story and that like he sort of like accepted his role and come back and the Cavs were like pretty good this year. They imploded a little bit at the end as we alluded to in the last segment. But he's been I think a big like good veteran presence um and sort of, you know, helping them improve this year. But yeah, it's gotta be Hero. Why alluded to a lot of it. In addition to what he said, he's doing it really efficiently too. He's shooting almost forty percent from three on the year, so above the league average. And why it also looked like the fact that it's, you know, basically a starter award too because he's playing thirty some minutes a game, but he's a really key part of their like closing lineup, the Heat. So he's like they see him as being like crucial and important to the most important time of the game. And I think that lends a lot um to him, him being sixth man of the year as well. Um, so even though he seems to be the consensus pick, why it said it, I'll say it. I can't a good conscience again pick anybody but Tyler Hero. So I think he's got to be the pick. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Okay, Coach of the Year, Wyatt. Um, I think Monty Williams deserves the nod on this one. Uh, uh, what's his name? Excuse me. Taylor Jenkins for the Memphis Grizzlies deserves a ton of credit for what he did with, with Memphis, especially with John Morant missing a lot of games. But I also think that the Suns have had a completely undersold fantastic season. This will now be the fourth time that Chris Paul has been a part of a team that set the franchise record. And that franchise record was overshadowed with the news that the Lakers were being eliminated from the playoffs. Nobody was talking about how good the Suns were. Not to mention how good the Suns were the la- last year, which we all kind of thought was a fluke. Not me, but some people thought it was <laughs> a fluke. And I think Monty got robbed for that as well. So th- I know yeah. we don't take two years in, 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 into consideration when we do these awards, but I'm going to and kind of give him the nod that at least in two years, he's been incredibly consistent. Um, like I said, Taylor Jenkins deserves a ton of credit for the award, but setting a franchise record to me should be a way bigger deal than we've made it uh, so far, you know, this year. And he's a Notre Dame guy, so we always got to root hey, for that, you know? Let's go. Um, I should know that. Yeah. Yeah, I do kind of get the, the Monty argument. Uh, it feels like Leonardo DiCaprio's Oscar, you know, just. <laughs> He's got to win one eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've got Taylor Jenkins. I With Coach of the Year, I feel like I'm looking for most improved team of the year to some degree. Uh, a team that, like, gets really good, uh, and he t- which isn't necessarily fair to Monty Williams. But, like, he took a team that had the 17th best odds coming into the season to win the championship. They have the second best record in the NBA. We keep quoting the stat about how they're 20 and five or something like that without their best player in a very competitive conference. They just have really exceeded expectations. They're fantastic on both sides of the ball. 
top five in offensive and defensive rating. So from a narrative perspective, the, the Suns were really good last year. The Grizz were solid, meh. Uh, it seems like Jenkins has really helped build something here. So I'm going to give, give him the award. Also fair. And closing it out, we've got most improved player, which I'm up first for. And this feels like a fairly easy one. Jaw's got to get some hardware. So we're going to give him this one, or I'm going to give him this one. Last year, 19 points a game to this year, 27 points a game. Uh, obviously, his team is kind of elevated with him. And he's even better against good defenses. Against, like, top five ranked defenses this year, he's averaging almost 29 points a game, six assists, 5.6 rebounds. He's shooting efficiently. So Jaw's sophomore year was fine, but it seemed like he might have a ceiling based on that sophomore year. It wasn't, like, that much better than his rookie year. So this year, he really showed that he's, yeah, elite. So I'm going to give him this one. Bart, who you got? Yeah, I, I think Jaw is like my, my initial answer, but I will, I will speak on, on Darius Garland's behalf just because yeah. I, th- I do think it's interesting. I think if you wanted to say, like uh, the most compelling argument I've seen against Jaw is that a rookie of the year shouldn't win this award because he was rookie of the year. <laughs> and so it's, it's like kind of expected that he gets good. It's, I mean, yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced by that necessarily, but anyways. <laughs> Darius Garland has been solid, though. He's averaging about 22 points a game this year, uh, 8.5 assists, and about 3.3 rebounds. So that's, that's like, really solid. I mean, he's got career highs in points, in field goal percentage, in assists, in rebounds, in, and in steals. Um, he's sixth in the NBA this year among players with 50-plus games in assists. So he's, like, high-key and elite point guard. Uh, and also interesting stat I saw is that he adds 34 expected wins when he's on the floor. Only Jokic and Tatum are better. So he he's really just kind of erupted this season, and like obviously there's a lot to it. The the Cavs have accrued a lot of talent this year all of a sudden, but um, I do think it's a job. But I think I wouldn't be super upset if Garland won this award either. I would not be either. Yeah, I feel like in many other years Garland would be yeah the odds-on favorite. That's gonna do it for this part of the episode. If you like everything you heard, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review, tell your friends, tell people you don't like anyway. Uh, Follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and soon to have a TikTok. Thank you.